1: Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close.
0: Welcome in. We're live at Keybank Center. It's a home game night, and we are obviously looking forward to the Lightning and Sabres first meeting of the year. It's not, unfortunately, on MSG, Marty. No, it's
2: not. And let me just get something corrected. We have a, an echo in our ears, so I'm just saying. I a love note you jar. so much.
0: I'd rather hear you twice.
2: I can hear you three times, and I would still be able to do it. But yeah, we are not on MSG tonight. It's ESPN. So, I, but it's not ESPN Plus. For those who are gonna say, "Oh, is it on ESPN Plus and I can't find us. No, it's actually on ESPN. So this is. Is it? Yeah, it actually is a double header on the main channel.
0: I won't be watching. Why not? Because I'll be here.
2: Oh, okay. Well, good. 100-level, baby. Oh, you're cu- oh, a uh, paying customer tonight, Duffer. I, 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 let's just leave it at that. You're a ticketed <laughs> customer. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> ticketed customer.
0: <laughs> you always know how to strike the right balance. Yeah,
2: a ticketed <laughs> customer. So, Oh, and by the way, I just want to let you guys know yes. that um, a couple of things. Yes, we'll, we'll be talking to Matt Ellis in a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, assistant coach, bang on Matt Ellis, uh, lineup changes we'll discuss, but first things first. As I got here to KeyBank Center this morning, Duffer opened up his little bag of treats and he looked in there treats. and he he friended me a friendship bracelet. Is that what you would say? Gifted me a friendship bracelet. Yeah. So I got a nice Let's Go Buffalo blue and gold friendship bracelet, and Duffer yep. does have his I, I got I the sabers. Yep.
0: Black and red goathead. Yeah. So it's My game fault. three. It's game three. We waited a couple of games. This was supposed to have happened on the uh, eve of the season opener. And I did not get to the store on time. And as soon as game one went awry, I felt shame. And then I promptly didn't go to the Sabre store (laughs) prior to game two. And they lost again. So I'm to blame for 0-2. No, 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 you're not. I'll tell you this. This is all crazy and borderline I,
2: I want to say idiots we are because we believe those things matter. Own it, I'll own it. Uh, I showed up here for Sabers Live on Thursday, which was opening night. Uh, I was hoping
0: you were going to say and Saturday.
2: I um, <laughs> I had my Uggs slippers on because it was like kind of cold, but I love my Uggs slippers in mm-hmm. the winter, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to be comfortable today. Put the Uggs slippers on, and then we lost that night. And then when we went in studio Saturday night, I did not let anybody know that, but I'm going to just come clean. I put the nice jacket, shirt, and tie, but I had my pants and Uggs slippers on as well. I went for comfort, and we went 0-2. And and you pointed out, like right before Saturday, you said, why are you wearing these things? They're 0-1. And And then I'm like, (laughs) it's not my fault. And then we went 0-2. Now, I I had a choice to make this morning. Yes. Either I put those darn slippers on Mm -hmm. until we win just to prove a point, which we're not going 0 and 82 so i could wear them every day and prove a point or just you know what no i feel like i have an, a, a, an obligation to this team to change things mm-hmm. so i didn't put the ox slippers on today
0: okay so we've done our part matt ellis will do his yes. on a 24 7 basis because he lives and breathes this stuff as do the players marty and quite frankly it's not surprising that the sabers are going to switch things a little bit tonight against the lightning after going 0 and two out of the blocks um matt will talk more about you know kind of the inner workings of the team uh with us coming up less specific to the actual roster we'll focus right now on the fact that krebs has been elevated to the cousins line mm-hmm. Olafson is out and jost is in so tyson will be between and Opozo. when you heard the coach and you obviously saw it in the morning skate but when you heard don confirm it what were your initial thoughts
2: My initial thought are two things. One, um, I do like Tyson Jost back in the lineup, bringing new energy, and you need that. Um, Now, I didn't know if it was better to just put Jost on the center with Gergensen and Oposo or maybe look uh, with Jost and Krebs to be on that line. But how do you get the Dylan Cousins line going? Because that's the primary thing, right? I think Tuck, Thompson, and Skinner, they've had some chances. They've not, you know got their games a hundred percent yet but Mm -hmm. it's at least trending in the right direction i think with dylan cousins line it's not right and obviously he's with jj peterka and there's the jack quinn hole on the right side and that the sabers have been trying to see what would work best there And right now that was victor olson i look at victor's you know stats line the first two games zero 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 he's got one shot against the rangers none against the anders there's not a lot of threat mm-hmm. uh, to his game there's not a lot of jump to his game and and it's the way that he plays he's very streaky and he scores goals and scoring goals is awesome but right now you're oh two you scored three goals in two games and you need to get something else in other areas right so dylan cousin cousins is just doesn't look himself mm-hmm. and maybe there's a part of his game that needs to be more meat and potatoes and so you have J.J. Paterco who's looking good and then you're going to put Peyton Krebs on the on the wing as well that is more meat and potatoes like mm-hmm. let's go to work and let's make it happen so I so I think that's the I'm not saying that's the logical move I'm sure that the coaches have talked about it a lot but when I thought Tyson Joe's coming into the lineup this morning First thing I thought was Victor Olsson is probably coming out. Mm-hmm. That was my first thought. You could have taken Gergensen out, you could have taken Opolso out, but my first thought was Victor Olsson's going to come out. And that's what they decided and we'll see how that gets the cousins line going. It's a really
0: unfair question because you have literally witnessed thousands of line changes, line combinations as a player and yeah. teammate of those who come in and out of the lineup. But your observations are always incredibly unique and pointed. And so if we were to focus just on Cousins and what you're seeing from him right now, how is a player like Dylan affected, impacted, positively, negatively, by a previous winger like Jack Quinn, his most recent winger in Victor Olofsson, his likely winger on the right side tonight in Peyton Krebs. Like how, because you're around, you were around guys in the room. You would see when they're struggling. You would see when a change happens and what a coach might see to make things click. How do you think Cousins is wired that it's specifically, you know, is affected by the three players we mentioned.
2: I think when you take up Dylan Cousins you need to play with speed, right? And when he plays with speed, think of the Islanders game last year. He scores an overtime goal, oh. the Brian Miller Knight. On but the unbelievable un- pass. Unbelievable from pass yeah. from Dallen. But look at the speed that Cousins right. took through the middle. Yes. And he's like, I'm going, right? He's like he's Stefan Diggs like running down the middle saying, I'm open, hands up, right? I'm faster than everybody else. I'm not seeing that out of Dylan right now. I'm seeing slow. I'm seeing like thinking too much i'm saying like okay maybe that is a line chemistry thing maybe it's not but also pull up the numbers from the islanders game on natural stat trick and i'm looking okay what were the expected goals for and how did players produce right the 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 bottom four in offensive production in that game Mm -hmm. are Zemgus gergensen caliposo Eric Johnson, Dylan Cousins. Mm-hmm. Like, Dylan Cousins shouldn't be a bottom four right. in the, the offensive production. Mm-hmm. And so you can push aside, and he was minus two in that game. He was minus two in the Rangers game. So. plus minus is a stat, but it's just to give you an idea. Mm -hmm. So you can push aside the offense and say, well, maybe defensively he's strong and he's covering the other team's best players and he's doing the little things and he's killing penalties and they haven't had a chance to really get much power play. Maybe all of that. But then I look at, there's not been scoring chances for Dylan Cousins. Right. And there's not been scoring chances for that line. J.J. Paterka scored a goal against the Rangers. It was a two-on-five. J- yeah. Power came in, shot the pocket, got blocked, and Paterka put it in the net. That's J.J. The has chance. had
0: more bursts, for sure. And yeah. that predates into the preseason. And even thinking about it then, it was like Paterka was really noticeable, but less so Dylan. And you don't want to ever put too much stock in preseason yeah. – But when it does carry over, that's why you get a comment like what Don provided this morning on WGR, where Dylan's just not quite where we expect him to be himself in that. So these are fair observations. I think the player himself would would acknowledge that he wants to do an awful lot more. So I'm we're always intrigued by everything because that's, you know, what we're all attaching ourselves to as, as people that follow this team. But. But there, is but it is it so small picture that it, it is small picture yes. because
2: when you think about it I have 18,000 other questions right yeah. because okay Maybe Krebs moves to the wing. I'm like, eh, how's Krebs as a winger? Like, is there, like, enough data to support that he's going to do good on the wing? Is that going to work? He's more of a center. Mm-hmm. He's more of a, a defensive, physical-minded center. Like, how's that work with Dylan Cousins trying right, to get him some more offense and J.J. Yeah. Paterkoff more offense? Yes. And is Victor Olsen more suited in that role if Victor gets himself going? Yes. And is two games enough of a sample to say no. you're, you're out
0: of the lineup <laughs> or do you – but I get that. Okay. And I say that only because we did it last year, right? And we With, saw the rotations of two games. And, and it took a while for a lot of guys to then figure out. But, but I Johnson
2: it. only had one goal in seven games.
0: Right, but if you're a coach, you have to do it. like Because you, if you're not, everybody's like, do something, right? Yeah. Like, well, so. then they under, another
2: <laughs> one of the 18,000 questions I have is, okay, yeah. what about your decor? Yeah. Are you keeping the same D pairing? Yeah. Are you switching and, it up? Because we've seen some okay things. We've seen some... Decent things, and we've seen some bad things.
0: And, and we've only seen Eric Johnson for twelve minutes a night. So if you're only playing Eric Johnson twelve minutes a night, and you're not happy with the overall group of six, well, that leads me to believe that you could easily make some changes. Because I mean, even like Tate Thompson's only playing sixteen minutes a night right yeah. now. That tells you all you need to know about where their line isn't at yet. Mm-hmm it should if, be 19 if, It should be 19 to 20, absolutely, yeah. especially when you're trying for more offense. But and you're down in games, yes. and you're like, oh, we've got to put it oh, out there. Bing, 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 there's the focal point, right? Oh, From the we coaching buried staff. the lead. Well, no, but it's, there's 18,000 leads, I think, is, yes. what you're, is what you're telling me today. But John Granato, rightfully so, even though to a certain extent, because we talk about comebacks so much, part of me thinks this is almost like an old-school stat because it was so relevant in the 90s, like, you get the first and you win. Yep. But the numbers still bear themselves out to be what Don is saying. Like, if we could just score first and play our way, because you looked into it, it, can, it checked out. Like, the Sabres didn't even score first half the time last year. But when they did. Well, 39 games out of 82, they scored first. Yeah. Okay, they were 24th
2: in the league. In the amount of times they scored first, yes. there was 19 teams that scored first at least in half their games. Mm-hmm. The Sabres weren't one of them, which the amount of time they scored is a puzzling stat right yes. there. Yes. Okay, so But in 39 games where they scored first last year, there were 29-7-3. So really 29-10, and 10, right? The three is overtime yeah. loss yep. or shootout. 29-10. and 10. This year, the league... In the first week of the season. 39 games. 39 games, 26, 9, and 4. If you score first. So the trend is the same. Mm -hmm. You score first, you obviously give yourself a better chance to win the
0: game. Even though, still. Every night, multiple goal leads are disappearing. Calgary had it last night. So this is why it doesn't always look obvious. But that's one of the four
2: overtime or shootout wins that Washington was able to right. come
0: back. But even last night, like Florida's up 4 nothing, And they hung on for dear life yes. against the Devils to win 4-3. So but why yes, is it the, more I,
2: prevalent now? You, I'll tell I you why it's okay. more prevalent now. Okay? Devin Levi. That's the difference. It's his first full season played the first game they're Mm -hmm. down three nothing he played the second game they're down one nothing like give him the lead Mm -hmm. let him breathe a little bit play the game i feel like he's still trying to put it together which is totally normal Mm -hmm. but i i mean i we had that conversation with the drags last, last week about how i was sick in the game against chicago don't bring it up but the only other game I was ever sick before the game was the first time I was the number one goaltender after we traded Dominic Ashek. Mm-hmm. It was here at the arena playing the Atlanta Thrashers mm-hmm. and before the game I was like so nervous mm-hmm. because it was my first game as a starter and I was sick. Well, how do you think Devin Levi feels at twenty one years old and like give him a lead. Let him play easily mm-hmm. into his game. Yeah. He hasn't had that in the first two games. That no. to me is even more significant individually than as a team because we know that teams that score first usually win 70 plus percent of the games
0: yeah much more in the sabers lightning matchup of course and i've already divulged where i'll be tonight marty has not but we're doing a roll call right now we want to know where you are watching the game from help us light the map with blue and gold to be entered to win a signed sabers jersey visit sabers.com slash roll call to submit for your chance to win Players play, coaches coach, and uh, we do whatever it is that we do, right, Marty? But we are thrilled (laughs) to have Matt Ellis with us here, and it's our first meeting of this new season. Thank you for coming back.
3: Uh, Thanks for having me, gentlemen. uh, Game day.
0: Are you bang on again? Game day.
2: (laughs) Bang on, right? Bang on, (laughs) Matty Ellis is on the air. Let's go. Let's get it going.
3: Oh, man. Man, oh,
0: man. That's a while ago, and here we are in the present, and you're up against a staunch
3: division rival looking for your first win. How are the guys feeling? I think the guys are feeling good, I mean we talk about keeping you know keeping the picture small and, and being in the moment and for us you know we 're back home tonight. We know Tam- what, what Tampa brings to the table and uh, I think there 's a level of excitement for our guys right from day one of training camp through the first two games of the season we 've had the mentality about getting better every day um, nothing 's perfect and it 's funny that we 're able to talk about this because we were just uh, busting on each other before this about attention to detail. Marty Barron was bang on with the uh <laughs> <I see. laughs> with the with the levels of for the audio and it's the same thing when we're when we're bringing certain things to the attention of our players of just how the the margins usually lie in the details and yeah. you know we're looking to get some things cleaned up and uh and push this thing forward okay
2: so um for me when i was attention to details oriented it was about stopping the puck right mm-hmm. making the little things in the crease whatnot scoring goals won the first game to the second game like <laughs> How do you get to the three and a half goals a game and consistent scoring, scoring first, all of those things? How do you sit down with Tace Thompson and Esline line or Dylan Cousins and his line and say, hey, this is areas you can improve on just after two games. There's not a lot of, of data and tape yet in the season.
3: Well, I think a lot of it's just, uh, you know, it, it sounds cliche, but if you want to score, go to the net. And it's just getting a little bit more inside presence. Uh, if you have inside presence, it's it's it works both ways. You, you want guys to put pucks to the net. But guys don't want to put pucks to the net if they don't if they know guys aren't going to the net. Yeah. It's it's pretty simple. It's simple to be said, but when you're able to highlight certain things like that through video, and then once you're getting things there and you're getting players there, layering back above things, and you know th- those things allow you to play on top of teams. And I think that that becomes advantageous for us because of our quickness and our speed and the range that some of our forwards have, the Thompsons, the Tucks, um, and then just even some of the smarts that you know the, the guys that that read plays to get back on top, the Bensons, the Middlestats, the Greenways, the Skinners. You start looking at stuff like that and you know you get that snowball effect of of being on top of a team starting to wear a team out instead of wearing yourself out there was a play
2: against the islanders and it was uh thompson and tuck on the ice and Dallin as a third guy and i think it was tate thompson went to the right side and took a bad angle shot went off the right leg of Sorokin, kicked right out to the slot and i remember there was nobody there right and i'm like where did tuck go where did Dallin go do you guys pull those clips out and say hey drive the middle Or is it just a note, like a little note on the bench? Or
3: do you leave it because they know what they're supposed to do? No, you know, it's really important to highlight some of those consistencies. Because, again, even though it's the best league in the world, and you just mentioned some of the best players in the world, sometimes the simple, you know, isn't so simple until you see it again. And those are consistent messages, uh, obviously, with our drive and and our layering as we enter the zone and and where pucks are going and, and what our tactics are to be on top of it. But sometimes it's really important to paint a clear picture so that it's you know the guys can see it and it's like oh it really isn't all that complicated you know these are things and donnie talks about playing kind of whack-a-mole like you highlight one area and another area slips you got to cover that area the, the easier it is to paint a clear picture, the better off you're gonna be minimizing the areas I that love, you gotta keep stay on top I of I love
2: that whack a mole <laughs> analogy. It's like we figured out something and there's another <laughs> one over here and you gotta keep hitting on them and, and yeah. it never stops. So it, it yeah.
3: never does,
0: and that's you know why you have as many of you know people on the staff, right? Like you, you all have an area and or areas of expertise. And as you can imagine, Matt, like we get this comment a lot at Sabres Live on Twitter because people see raw numbers and they rightfully so wonder how can they just be better in this area? And Marty and I tend to downplay it, but faceoffs are what they are. How much time you know, and obviously it's been a tough start through a couple of games on faceoffs and we know where the team ranked last year, but you know, the percentages are all so close in the league. That's why Marty and I tend to downplay it. How much do you guys focus on face-offs and how much of an area of concern, is it in the sense that we really have to be better at this?
3: Well, we certainly put, uh, you know, we, we like, to, as, as a staff, like to like to target the high-volume areas and one being face-offs, and it, there is a consistency with, with our centers, with, with our approach, whether it's, you know, getting reps uh, post-practice, watching film, there's always a pre-scout, there's always, you know, afterwards review, and we understand that, you know, that you, you want the puck, and, and you the more you have the puck, the better off you're going to be. But those are details, and when you look at it from a team standpoint, um, a faceoff is is a group of five. The centerman takes takes the hit for it. Mm-hmm. If they lose it, it's his stat. But when you start looking at the fifty fifty pucks and you know some of the things, just the assertiveness and being assertive and, and knowing when to jump and and working at a unit of five, those those are things that we highlight. The centers review. They're individual, yeah. But the rest of it is, you know, some team orientated. Where hey, yeah. we could have taken this 48% and turned this into a 52% by being a little bit more assertive on a tie up on a 50-50 puck. And you know, you start getting those things, you start having the puck more. There's also a mental part where that pushes the centerman to the plus side of, yeah. of 50%. And it's a lot easier going into the faceoff circle when you have confidence.
0: So the follow-up is then, okay, the raw numbers. As they reflect on centerman and the actual draw are at thirty six percent right now, but how as coaches, are you seeing the follow up from that draw, and how much are you actually winning the puck
3: back? Well again, uh, part of part of our strength of the team duffer is you know our ability uh, our range and our ability to jump and i 'll highlight you know uh, Alex Tuck, for instance tuck comes off the puck so quick it's like watching the NFL off a snap with with range and that puck may go and it may fall to an area but we have range we have stick and and those are the type of things that that we look for all the while you know commenting you know on you know what's our general what's our general plan going in Mm -hmm. how are we going to get a puck back and you know unfortunately you're also teaching what what you're doing on a loss and and trying to deny the other team's exit and understanding that how quick you're going to get pressure uh, on that puck.
2: How about the power play? I mean, I'm not saying they've had many opportunities. Sometimes you got to get into a rhythm, and there hasn't been a lot of calls. But it, there's, there's two questions here. One, how do you get more calls? And we talk about that all the time. Uh, but two, when you get on the power, I feel like the power plays either, and this is just my opinion, um, waiting a little too long to take a shot, which allows the Rangers to block 20-some-odd shots, or it's so many moving parts that, It takes time to get organized. How do you see the power play getting into a rhythm
3: well one one I think it's reps and we've been trying to replicate that in practice we I mean for what it's worth I think they gave us credit for two power plays against the Islanders but I think it was a handful of seconds maybe you know we had a guy coming out of the box so it's not an excuse but it is what it is so even our guys were a little disappointed when they when we worked at it yesterday they're like we didn't get the reps in the Islanders game we didn't get that feel so that's part of it and I think there's validity to your comment is just making sure that you know, the, give the Rangers credit, like they, they sold out, they did what they needed to do to block, but I felt that we maybe shrunk things a little bit and brought things to the PK and kind of condensed things. and those things will work themselves out. We went back, we reviewed film, and, and it's about getting reps, getting rhythm and, and getting the groups together, and kind of highlighting things. so I'm, I'm excited for, for both units as we continue to build. Um, Can we get a
2: T-shirt made, and I'm going to give call from Mom. Answer it.: Call silenced.
1: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
2: a great idea to fix the power play. Well, not to fix it, just to get it going, right? Like, back when I was a kid, we used to love Rice Krispies, right? It was like the breakfast yeah. of Ch- – well, it was Frosted Flakes, the breakfast yeah. of champions, but Rice Krispies were so good, right? Because they had that snap, crackle, pop, right? Yep. And that was like what our coach used to say for the power play. I need to snap, crackle, pop. Scrap, like, you need to snap the puck around, shoot, pop, like, let's go. So I think, like, Sabers power play, snap, crackle, pop should be like the T-shirt. <laughs>
3: i like your thought uh we look at it as where the pk out and when the ranger uh, <laughs> is that another
2: cereal i didn't get that one
3: <laughs> but I, I, I like it i you painted the picture in my in my mind but going back to the rangers game marty you look at that and the amount of block shots that they had yeah. for us the willingness to move a puck shoot a puck recover a puck reload a puck shoot a puck get the puck back shoot it again all of a sudden, Jeff Skinner goes crossbar. at the 3-2 hockey game, yeah. you know, on that power play. So even though at times it was like, man, we're a little slow to pull the trigger, we started to have a more direct mentality of bang, bang, bang. Your snap, crackle, pop, to yeah, your point. I like it. And... Next thing you know, we do break them down. We have a grade-A look that, that doesn't fall our way, and, you know, it, it ends up coming back the other way. But, you know, those are things that we're, we're going to continue to build on. There's, there's a level of excitement. Hopefully we get the, get the reps and, and we're able to get moving.
0: Marty, thank you for that marketing lesson. Uh, as we know, uh, the best way to market is to win, and we wish you the best of luck in that tonight, Matt. Awesome, thank Denver. you. Thank
3: you. Thanks, Marty.
0: Busy week here at home. Sabers drawing the Lightning tonight. The Flames on Thursday, and the Islanders in black and red on Saturday. How fun is that going to be?
2: It's going to be awesome. I hope you wear your friendship bracelet. That says uh, the I friendship bracelet is
0: never coming off, oh. unless of course I am clumsy. It's between my catch arm um,
2: here right now it's like catching it oh boy bit.
0: anyway sabers black and red 15 times this year it's their third jersey and it returns hopefully with full bore offense on saturday against the new york islanders now there was a lot to digest boy is matt ellis such a terrible communicator can you imagine oh, being around God. that on a the energy season? is so low with him. oh it was so coffee. great to have him back he's honestly he's so full of energy and look we hear the topic of faceoffs all the time it's actually not matt's expertise in the sense of the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. But obviously they are all are well aware of this. And when you were in small sample sizes like you are after two games, yes, it's fair to say that the Sabres cannot live at thirty six percent on face offs. But what you have to remember is even last year when they were towards the bottom, they're above forty six percent, right? So when you go it's back a handful
2: of percentage points between them and he, the top
0: he, here's what I'll say. And I'll then we'll park it for a long time. Since oh five, oh six, the the new NHL, there have been seventeen Stanley Cup champions. Five of the seventeen were above fifty-two okay. percent. And just barely. Okay. Eight of the seventeen, almost half, were below fifty-one percent. Which when you get into that range, it's a coin flip. Like if you're in a coin flip for a million dollars and it's fifty-one forty nine are you still not going to feel good about your chances even though you're on the 49 side of it? Yeah,
2: you're going to feel of good Of
0: course about you're it. going to be feeling good about it. So I'm not saying it's not important. I'm saying the wide scope of the numbers, it, look, I'll tell Ca- you where Colorado it was the near the bottom right? of the league two years ago when they won the Cup. The yeah. Penguins were near the bottom of the league in 17 when they won the Cup. Yes. They were well below 50% when they won the Cup in 08, 09. So I'm just saying don't dwell on it, but are we aware of it? Yes. Do they have to be better? Yes. Are they still young? Young is getting old. Yes but a lot of these young players are going to figure it out at some point.
2: Yeah, but if, okay, if you talk about Peyton Krebs is at 30%, but he takes five face-offs a game, it's he won two and lost three or whatnot, maybe won one and lost four, I don't think it matters because there's other parts of the game, like jumping off the draw, getting the puck back. Yes. Like, that's important. The biggest thing to, for me is that Casey millstat. Mm-hmm. And Tage Thompson, who are the guys that are going to be on the ice a lot to create. Casey's at 20%, Tage's at 33%. Correct. So between the two of them, they average about 27% and 26%. That that means one out of four you win, those are the guys you want to at least have a 50-50 close to chance of having the puck back, not a one out of four.
0: Correct. And presumably, though, with Greenway having a more pronounced impact in games right now and Tuck being described as advertised by Matt Ellis, yeah. like even if Middlestad and Thompson are losing those draws, technically, there's a very good chance those guys are helping win it back.
2: Yeah, but if you were at 46%, yes. you're going to probably get the puck back 50% of the time because yeah. there's going to be a 5 to 10% chance you're going to lose it but get it back. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm just saying that... It's hard to like, okay, I wish Dylan Cousins was on the ice more. Mm -hmm. He's struggled with his game right now. He's above 50%. But maybe you you can't put him out there for draws right now because you you just don't like the rest of the game. So that's where it all balances itself out at some point.
0: And here's why you don't fixate too much on it in a small sample size. What did we talk about at the start of the show? The Cousins line, the changes that are happening, the fact that they're not creating much, even though Dylan is 51% on draws. See, this is why you can't marry yourself. What the numbers provide is context for a lot of different arguments and angles. And we love, you know, the next level of numbers, but we don't sit there and say that they're deal breakers. All we're doing is trying to put into context you know, how often a player does something compared to his peers. It doesn't mean that there's going to, it's going to directly make a pronounced impact on the I game. I don't
2: have that stat, and, and I think I can try to find it at some point, but it's how many times do you get the puck back when, when you lose it within 5 or 10 seconds? Mm-hmm. That is where the NHL is played. Yes. If you get the puck back within, let's see, 10 seconds of losing it, you're a team that always finds a way to forecheck, to play with speed off and away from the puck. If you don't, then you're on your heels and you sit back. And right now, the Sabres are on their heels and sit, sitting back a little bit. Yep. They're not getting the puck back. And nope. that that's why Tyson Joseph's is coming in. That's why Victor's out. Because yeah. you've got to think of, how do we get the puck back? Once we get into a rhythm of getting the puck back, then we can say, okay, let's our offense shine. Let's mm-hmm. our system come through. But right now, is as simple as, who gives you a better chance to getting the puck back? And that's where we need to build on.
0: It's crazy when you think about the offseason focus on uh, defense and it hasn't materialized in the hard numbers, which are goals against. But they, are, they have reduced their shots on goal against so mm-hmm. far, but they're well down in shots for which yes. is concerning, right, because you don't want defense to come at the sake of the offense, yes. but you're always trying to find that balance. And then you look at the Lightning. I mean, they've given up 37 Ooh. shots per game right now. They are 1-2. and two. They are scoring, and they are giving up, up an awful lot. Mm-hmm. And that game tonight will be on ESPN and, of course, on WGR Sports Radio 550. It's the Sabres and Lightning, first meeting of the year, Buffalo's 2-0-1, the last three head-to-head meetings against the Bolts. We're back after this on Sabres Live.
1: Back with more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close.
0: Lightning and Sabres, first meeting this year. What will we see unfold tonight? Marty, Yeah. on average, since 05-06, how many penalty shots do you think we see in the NHL per season? I would say on average around 50. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, there have been many instances of 40s. There have been many in the 50s. There have been a few in the 60s. Wow. Did you know that in the first year out of the lockout in 5 we saw 103 penalty shots? Yeah, I, I could see that. Do you know who had five of them that year? Eric Cole. Eric Cole. He How had did two you? on me in the same game. How did you? This is amazing. Yeah, okay. he had
2: joined me in the same game. Okay, he scored in the first one, and okay. I saved us in the same period. It was in the third period. It was oh, here at the arena. My gosh. He had two penalty shots in the same period.
0: Okay, so how many did Steve Sullivan have? Steve Sullivan had one. He had four that year. Okay. Anyway, 103 seemed like quite the anomaly, but here we are, 39 games into the NHL's regular season, and we are on pace for 201. Yeah. Which started night
2: one, when
0: there was a penalty shot that was like, oh, it's
2: borderline, but it's night one, why not give it? There were two more last night. There There was two last night, and there was... Last night, I felt they were legit. Yes, I agree. Zucker got completely taken down mm-hmm. on a breakaway against Igor Shesterkin, who is now score. four for four lifetime against penalty is. shots. Listen, so. I know we played him in Game One, and everybody blocked for him. Mm-hmm. Then he had a tough game too, but he was really good against the Arizona Coyotes last night. And then there was Blake Coleman of the Calgary Flames, who got upended against yep. the Washington Capitals. He had about the worst. A penalty shot attempt he came from the left side and he tow, like he, he toe shot and it was like darcy kemper's like seriously that's what you're going to do me but then darcy kemper shut the door in the shootout so maybe kemper is pretty good on breakaway shootout attempts
0: so in that season of 0506 when there were 103 penalty yes. shots what do you think the success success rate was
2: 33 and a half percent
0: uh pretty close it was 35 out of 103 so that's pretty much spot on and it's always wait a second folks
2: Wait a second. You said 35 out of 103? Yes. Let me see that.
0: Dun, dun, dun. Marty Fastman. It's
2: 33.98%. I, percent. Yeah. I was like within yes. a half a percent.
0: Right. And guess I what? I should win something. With and, my and, Eric
2: Cole guess and, and with this, yes. I should win something.
0: Well, it, it, look at your left wrist. I, I think you already did. I Okay. So, Dirk, so where'd you get the food?
2: Like Chris Dirk can just walk by. and The food, everybody's walking by
0: with food. Outside eats. or Inside. Outside. Outside, okay, okay. All right. Food trucks. All Sorry, right. I'm hungry. So Sorry. here's the thing. All you need to know about penalty shots and or shootout attempts is the line is almost always 30 out of 100, plus or minus 4%. Yes. You will see it drift upwards. The lowest it typically goes is 26. And the same is holding true right now. We're over 27% on shootout success and the league penalty shot rate is two for six, which is 33%. Mm. It's almost every year in that window, it almost never changes. It always
2: makes me think, if you're given a penalty shot option, and it's, let's just say, Blake Coleman, mm. right? Do you want to take the power play? Because your top power play unit or a good power play unit may be running at 25 to 30%. Great
0: ones are 30-ish, so the, like the Oilers. the best yeah.
2: shootout players may be at, Thirty-nine to forty percent, mm-hmm. but the worst shootout or penalty uh, shot players are probably more in the low tens. Correct. So if you because but sometimes you difference. don't have the choice as who you want to send. Here's the so. difference:
0: you load up a power play with star players. Penalty shots and shootouts are littered with what you would call average players, yeah, and no, I yet the success rate is similar. Isn't that? Yeah, isn't but that I'm amazing? just saying, like
2: if you get. Um, And and no disrespect to anybody, and I may use like an example from back in the days. If you get robbery, get stripped up on a a breakaway, Mm -hmm. right? And you're thinking, do I want my chance with robbery on the penalty shot or do I want my power play to go out there? Get the option to turn down the – to, you know,
0: say – I'm gonna. But guess what, Razor might shot? have been great at it in in practice, and you would have known. Wow. And guess what? He's got a fifty-fifty chance. Well, I that's why
2: you you would do your homework. But I would I use Robbery as an example because I saw Ray in practice. He's a
0: forty-goal scorer
2: in in juniors. His, no, his career. his career. Take all of that. Yeah. But I'm just saying that that the option to take or the penalty shot, or to just revert to a penalty, mm-hmm. a two-minute. Let's say it's a two-two game. Two minutes left in the game, yeah. okay? You get a... Uh, no, I will say this. Not a 2-2 game. I'll say you're up by a goal. 3-2. Two minutes left in the game. Mm-hmm. You get a somebody taken down, okay? Mm-hmm. You can get a penalty shot, which you have about 30% chance to score. Mm-hmm. But if you don't score there's two minutes for the other team to come back and take a or you take the power play which you have the two minutes playing with a man up
0: yeah but the team's got a free shot at icing the puck and doing whatever they want which I'm is ridiculous saying, so but
2: what's the chance it's like what is the chance of them scoring a shorthanded goal versus their chance that you miss the power, of the penalty shot yeah. and they score a five-on-five five goal
0: put it this way it's all very similar it's not a big stretch to i take. would take the power
2: play in that situation yeah
0: I'm not surprised. I could sense that in your tone. Speaking of shootouts, though, and penalty shots, (laughs) the uh, infamous Evgeny Kuznetsov shootout was on display. I love it because it's successful. In fact, since 1819... There has been no player that has scored more shootout goals than Kuznetsov, and his latest effort was once again a game-deciding goal as he delivered in slow motion against Markstrom and the Flames.
2: Um, So this is going to be the ultimate this or that. Which one of these plays get um, taken out or made illegal first? The slower than slow shootout attempt by Kuznetsov, who now Tate Thompson has tried in three seasons here in the practice and he went really slow, right, in the blue and gold scrimmage and he scored. Uh, or the quarterback sneak where you put three guys behind the quarterback and you push them, right, the, 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 the Philly push or the, the tush push that they call in football. So I'm saying this or that. Which one becomes illegal first, The slower-than-slow shootout or the quarterback sneak in in the NFL?
1: It's called
0: brotherly shove.
2: The brotherly shove, the tush push. That's what they used on TV the other day, and they should. have. The Chargers, by the way, last night should have done that on third and one, and instead they... they, they, they Uh,
0: Well, I will say this, or I meant to ask this. Do you think penalty shots are... uh, What is the reason why penalty shots are up?
2: It's because it's a league mandate. Like the referees always. Now wh- okay.
0: So why do you think it's a league mandate?
2: Because the league reviews with the referees every year, the rule book and how to address and, and uh, put the rule book in play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it could be with cross-checking. They did that the one year they said, look, the cross-checking rules stipulates this. And then let's show you examples of calls that were not made where it's clearly a cross-check and it was called now. There were situations the last few years where it's clearly a penalty shot, but the referees are like, no, we're calling a hooking penalty or a tripping penalty. And now the league is looking at it and reviewing it, and they have the hockey committee and the GM meetings, and they say, we have to start calling the rule book when it comes to penalty shots. Okay. And so, usually, what you're going to see, though, is in week one. Mm-hmm. They call it, right, because the mandate is right there. And it happened at night one. So you it's don't think we're going to
0: stay on pace for 201?
2: That is always the challenge. Mm-hmm. I like it that it's on pace like this. I like it that the referees last night, these two instances, Zucker and Coleman, I'm looking at it, I'm saying penalty shot. And I'm waiting for the referee mm-hmm. to point to center ice because no. I don't think they will keep the standards the way that they have right now i like it i think it's important to do tage thompson gets a chance and he gets upended i want tage thompson to go on a penalty shot i think that's important
0: well i just find that there's some sort of irony in play here in a world where the insiders and all of their legions of followers and presumably some within the league are so happy that shootouts are down and now there's an appetite to have more penalty shots.
2: Shootouts and penalty shots are different, though.
0: Not really. No, they As are. The like evidence get,
2: shootouts decides a game. A 2-2 game that's well played, and then after the overtime you go shootout. But the most full ridiculous thing. Full disclosure, I love the shootout. When there's a game that's tied late in the, at, at night and it's going to OT, I watch it because I'm like, maybe we'll see a shootout. I love the shootout. But a penalty shot is such a fun play-in game where people are like this is different let's get up and let's Guess go.
0: What? It can also decide a game. So yeah. So
2: is a 5 on 5 goal. I'm just saying
0: I yeah. It's a different it's a different thing. No, I just think it's amusing. And I hope <laughs> <It's>, we I
2: <laughs> It's it is amusing, it's, but it's, it's totally a different thing.
0: I hope we end up with 300 penalty shots. I really do. I hope we start seeing a penalty shot every single game.
2: I don't like that um, because then it becomes <laughs> like where guys are going to um, embellish certain situations just to get a penalty shot. And I don't want it to be such a, uh, a focal oh, point that guys are going to embellish you, it.
0: Oh, my gosh. So we live in a world where you get coincidental penalties Yep. on a play. Could you have a penalty shot? And an embellishment? I think if that was the case,
2: I wouldn't give the penalty shot. Like, I would say it's a hooking and an embellishment. Because if you embellish, then you forfeit your right to have taken that that, <laughs> that breakaway. It's to, it's a clearly, the penalty shot rule said, clearly a chance you know taken away. If you take your own chance away because you embellish, mm-hmm. then that's on you. Then it's a penalty and an embellishment. Do you know why this
0: shot. is an uh, actual relevant topic? Because the Bandits... Had an incident in the playoffs or late regular season where I think it was Daoka charged the net, scored the goal, got ejected for a major goaltender, and they counted the goal.
2: They counted the goal. Yes,
0: because that's the rule. (laughs) <laughs> and the like, goal went
2: in first, and, then and he I'm ran like, the over. "Oh
0: my gosh, this is crazy!" If this ever happened in hockey, people would be losing their minds. So I actually
2: remember the World Juniors a few years back, where the one same player got two penalty shot attempts on the same. Yes, play. yes. And so here's the rule for people that don't know: if he scored on the first penalty shot, then you go on the power play because two goals cannot be scored at the same t- stoppage of time. But since he missed on the first penalty shot, he got a second penalty shot attempt because he
0: earned that. Wow. But if you score on the first penalty shot, then your team goes on the power play for the second time. 90-second pregame show coming up right here on Sabres Live. Stay with us.
1: Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close.
0: I surprised myself and gave us more time than I thought. So it will be a two-minute pregame show to end since we are not on the air tonight on MSG. The game can be seen on ESPN. Marty, let's uh, go with Beron's over-under for the game tonight. And uh, then would you go over or under that?
2: Okay, so six and a half. I would suggest the over in this game. Um, Obviously, we expect Jonas Johansson to go, but it's not been confirmed yet. Um, look I think the Tampa Bay Lightning are st- struggling defensively they give up a ton of shots so the Sabres um, I think maybe feasting on that a little bit so I'm gonna say the over in the game
0: who wins the special teams battle it's uh, worth noting the Sabres penalty kill has been better but they're up against a three for nine power play unit that's been highlighted by Victor Hedman so far this year
2: yeah and Nick Paul as well in front of the net no, Stephen, really Stamkos good. no Stephen Stamkos but I mean with point and and Kucherov and That power play, um, the Sabres haven't shown me enough on the power play yet to make me believe that they would win the special team battle. So it kind of goes against my belief because I would say the Sabres will win, but the Sabres will not win the special team battle.
0: Paterka, Cousins, Krebs, expectations for this new trio?
2: Okay. get Get a... I don't want to say get a good game because there's different way to measure that. But don't give up any goals, right? Cousins was minus two, minus two. They've been on the ice for so many goals against. Like, I don't want to see that line on the ice for goals against. Play strong defensive side. Don't cheat to create offense. Just, just don't give up anything. That's my expectation.
0: Will there be a penalty shot or a shootout? And or a shootout? No, there won't be any of them tonight. Okay. What about Buffalo's defense? Time on ice. Because of the situation, 0-2 start, would you expect that the biggest players, i.e. Darlene and Power, will see a dramatic increase in time on ice tonight?
2: I would say an increase from their average is already close to 25 minutes. No, I think it has to be uh, spread over the six Defenseman, the three pairs. So I would say 22 to 23 minutes for Dalian and Power would be where I would be.
0: You're watching from home? Yes. All right. I'll be here. Hope to see you here tonight.
3: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social
1: media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears?